Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. Hi, this is Roy Paul for the Gist of Freedom. We are on site at the 145th anniversary of the Still Family reunion here in New Jersey. We're going to be hearing from members of the Still Family in just a second. Um, we've got Reggie Still and Sam Still who are going to be giving you an insight on this historic family, how they came to New York, and what they're doing to preserve the life and legacy of the Still Family. You can remember that this show is sponsored by Audible.com. You can listen to this show um, in any way that you wish, including how you're listening to this podcast at this moment. Um, for a free 30-day trial, please go to www.blackhistoryaudiobooks.com, www.blackhistoryaudiobooks.com. Glory, Paul, for the gift of freedom. Hi, so I'm joined with Sam Steele. Uh, thank you for joining us at the Gist of Freedom. Go ahead, Paul. All right, so thank you for joining us. Why don't you give us a, a brief history uh, of the, the Steele family and how they came to New Jersey? Okay, well, first, my name is Samuel Steele III. And my great 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 grandfather was Samuel Still, the older brother of Dr. James Still and Dr. And William Still. Um, Nevin and Charity Still came uh, from. They were they were enslaved Africans. Eleven brought his freedom for five hundred dollars, and uh, Charity Still had to escape twice. The family uh, settled in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey, Shimong uh, Township, off of the Old Stokes Road in Meth and Shimong. And um, they had 18 children. And my my grandfather was the actual last. Um, my father and his my grandfather were the last family of still to live on the old original plant uh, homestead of the still family. And how did you learn about your family history? Was it passed down from generation to generation, or did you research it? It was passed down from my father, and also by reading the books of the Underground Railroad. Uh, Dr. James, the early recollections of Dr. James Still, and uh, kidnapping a ransom, and also going to different family reunions that, are, that used to be held all through the state. And there used to be one in Vineland, one in Lawnside, and one in Mahali, 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 New Jersey. Yeah. Now, before we did the interview, you actually mentioned something that I think was very critical to African American history. And you talked about the fact that when parts of the family that is now known as the Still family came here, uh, there was already a still family in existence. Can you tell me that story? <clears throat> well, there was already stills in the area. If you go back and check some of the history, there was, there was, there was, there was also uh, stills who were Indians, too, that, that were in the area. Um, I believe what happened, my, this is only my opinion, I think stills, I think 11 of Charity came through the old Snow Hill Plantation, and they adopted the name still because, again, they were, they were newly freed Africans. So they adopted the name because Charity was a, um, a fugitive, 
she they took on the name and they had to hide out in the pine barrens in order so so um she wouldn't get recaptured. Mm-hmm. So, and then they ended up know, adopting so, the name as many families have done. Yeah. And, and yeah. what has happened is just that we've all kind of come together because, you know, some of the history, you know, it's hard trying to keep the history all together. So we all come together and we all try to work as a family together. Yeah. So I'm here on site um, at the 145th reunion and there are a lot of people here. Uh, talk about what you guys are doing to preserve the legacy so that the younger generation can kind of understand the history. Okay, well, all of us, all of us can kind of work on different things. Well, what I'm currently working on right now, I've um, joined up with the um, Medford Historical Society in uh, Medford, New Jersey, who have been given the caretakership from the state of New Jersey uh, to um, oversee Dr. James Still's property that the state has purchased. We put a historical marker out there on the site. And that's at um, Church Road in um, Medford, New Jersey. Uh, his medical office is still there. Thought is that we're going to we're going to um, restore the medical office, and they've also bought the farm that was next to it. And the farm that was next to it, they're calling at the Doctor Doctor James Still Education Center, and um, we're doing a Pine Jazz Festival September 13th. Um, we're raising money for the center and also raising money for some other uh, some other good charities in the area. And the thought is we're going to you know keep talking about the, um, the, the Doctor James. And um, his legacy and how he worked with um, the herbs and the medicines and, and just his whole story was a, fa- a fascinating story of um, of history for an African American at that time. Dr. James Still was a, uh, one of the uh, um, wealthiest landowners in Metro, New Jersey um, at that time and uh, was just a really phenomenal, his story is phenomenal. So that's what I'm doing on, on my end of it. And I also give presentations and uh I went out uh, last year to the John Hines Center in Pittsburgh and gave us a, a short presentation in, uh, on William Still to talk about the family history. Mm-hmm. And do you think that most people who come to the family reunions every year, especially the younger people, really understand the significance of what you're trying to do in terms of preservation, not just you but other members of the Still family? Um, some do and some don't. I think what we have to try to do is make sure that, you know, the, the fortune for our family is that, because those, because of the three or four books that were written, um, by of those men or by those men at that time, has really helped us keep our history together. So yeah, I, I think that what my biggest thing is to make sure that younger people understand, you know, the significance of their of their history. Um, and I think some don't, and I think there's some do. And I, and and, I, and what I'm really trying to get people to do is, you know, some of it's, it's research and go back and try to you know dig up the dig up the, uh, you know, find your lineage. And then find find the stories that uh, haven't been written about. You know, there's no stories written about charity. We got to find some information on the other parts of the family and, and tie it all together. Mm-hmm. And for those who want information online or, or on the web, you have a website. How are you compiling this information? A couple different websites. Um, I don't know right off all of them off the top of my head right now. I know that there's a. Um, if you look up the Dr. James Phil Education Center, you'll find some information there. Um, and there's some other websites going on, but I, I couldn't tell you right off the top of my head right now. I don't have any. I don't have one personally myself. I am working on no. one because there, there needs to be a central one, and I'm planning on being being making a central central focal point for the family history. Yeah, that was actually something I was just going to follow up and suggest that you know if, if there's a way that you can kind of compile different pieces and put it all together in one place. Um, and, and it's a great marketing tool as well. You know, you, you know, whenever you mention the Still family, yeah. whether it's a family well, reunion, you can just put the website there. 
Yeah, there was other there was other websites in the past, but I don't I don't know what happened to them. Some there was a gentleman out in out in Ohio that had one. He was part of the still that of Vineland and and some other stuff. But right now, you know, right now the past couple of years we haven't had one. So I think part of my part of what I want to get back to the legacy is getting involved in that. You can also find stuff about him if you if you um Google uh, Jacob Chapel AME where um Coleman or Coleman Town Cemetery. That's where uh, Dr. James Still is buried right now. Um, he's there. He also went to church there. So they have they have some information on Dr. James Still as well. They also do a reenactment of um, Leaven and Charity. I think it's every third Saturday um, at Jacob's Chapel. It's a really moving um, piece to see. Um, you can probably Google Pastor Terrell Persons and uh, find some more information because he's a pastor of that church. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Sam Steele. Now, what I want to do is pass the phone over to uh, Vicki Steele uh, to get her perspective on some of the family history. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so now we're joined. By, now, we're, excellent. Now we're joined by Vicki Steele, another member of the Steele family. I want you to give us your perspective on the family history and some of the the key sticking points that you know of uh, as it relates to the family history. The key second point that I know is that the family was audacious. I mean, they done things that no one else would usually do, and they took risks, and they accomplished what they had to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm told that you created a documentary. Can you tell us about that? Um, the documentary is called um, Still Family, Bridging Gaps, Connecting History. And it's my memoir of me being a still and how I felt about being a still and what I learned later on in life, the accomplishments of my family. And you can get the documentary by emailing bridging um, underscore dat underscore connecting history at verizon.net or Billy still at ala.com. It's B-I-L-Y-S-T-I-L-L, numeral four, the lowercase u at aol.com. Okay, and we'll be sure to put those emails on the link to the site so that people can go ahead and email if they're interested. Um, I want to ask you, because you've done a lot of the documentarian work, uh, historian work with the family, do you think that many of the family members that are here today, especially some of the young people, really understand why you guys are trying to preserve the history and what you want to impart on them? I think they do. I think they're starting to pick it up because the schools are bringing in guest speakers and talking to them about that. And also there were some documentaries on um, the television, um, PBS and what have you, and a lot of parents made their children sit down and watch that. Then also when they came out with 12 Years a Slave, they, um, like, in reference it to William Steele of an underground railroad with Harriet Tubman. So that made a lot of things a lot of things more clear for the children to pick up. Mm, okay. So now what I want to do is pass it over to Reggie Steele so that I can get his perspective on the family history. Reggie Steele. There he is. Hi, Reggie Steele. So I want to get your perspective. What do you know about the Steele family history? Oh. Well, I'm the baby of the family here in Lawnside. My father, Clarence Bill, his father was a Clarence Bill, whose father was 
tall than another tall, so we've got a lot of duplication here. <laughs> His father was Edward, William's brother. The son of, mm-hmm. son of um, Charity, son of Charity Eleven. Okay. But uh, I've been, how, I've been in, how, how did you come to learn about the family history? Well, mainly, my father, he was collecting stuff and here and there, and I would just see a lot of things. And it's kind of like, it just kind of grew on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, then I started, and then I started reading stories about how Levin was whipped 317 times, and dying, dying a week later just had Peter say, I'm not going to buy a slave. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, right, and that, that, re- people, that resilience of the family that a lot of people talk about, a lot of resilience and strong will. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the house that we're in now for the family reunion, talk about the significance of the house and the owners. I know that there were two pictures up about the father and the son that passed away. So for the history of modern-day history of this house, tell us about it. Oh, I was very little while my father was building the house. He built it by hand. And it's been here forever, and it's been kind of a staple for a lot of folks here in Longside. Well, the significant, well, my father, he was involved with absolutely everyone. And uh, people used to come here and just enjoy the hospitality. My mother always had a pot on for everybody. I was a musician for for a long time. And one of my bands, we were driving from Mississippi up to McGuire. And I decided to stop by the house on the way up. It was 11 at night, and my mother immediately put some rice, chicken, and, and they were just giggling. And she does things so quick. Mm-hmm. The family has always, my family has always hosted everybody here in Longside. Right. We've always had uh, house and, guests. And, and when did they pass away, the father and the son? Uh, my father was 2012. May of 2012. My brother passed away April 2013. Less than a year apart. Less than a year, wow. Yeah, and just seeing the pictures up there, every time I walk past the pictures, they kind of, I get choked up thinking about it. There's no okay. problem supposed to be here doing this, and I have a house in Hampton. My wife is in Hampton right now. Yeah. yeah she wasn't able to I'm, make sorry, it up. I'm sorry to hear that, um, and, and, you know, we all share um, in, in the sorrow and the sympathy for your family going through that. Oh, uh, thank you. So now what I want to do is pass it over to the the female who's going to be doing the reenactment. Oh, I I thought you already spoke to her. No, the lady who's sitting down there in the chair. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, here she is. Hello? Hi there. So it's my Hello? understanding that you're Hi. going to be. It's my understanding that you're going to be doing a reenactment. Well, I used to do a reenactment of Mary Elizabeth Bowser. 
And who is that? She is an ex-slave and a Civil War hero. You never heard of her? No. How did you come (laughs) to do a reenactment of her? Well, I ran into her sort of by accident looking for black history of people I didn't know. And I came across her name, and so I started studying her. And I found out that she was born around 1839 because nobody's really sure because she was a slave and they didn't keep records. But she used to be a slave for the Van Lu Plantation. And when I found out about her, I just started studying the Civil War more than I ever did in my life (laughs) because Uh nobody knows too much about her. So I had to build a life around the historical aspect of it. Right. And what were some of the key points that you wanted to bring out in this reenactment? How did you learn that about she the she was an educated you... Can you hear me? Yes, how did you learn like the tone of her voice? How did you decide to dictate how she was in present day? I decided to do her like an educated woman because eventually she became educated because she was very smart. She had a photogenic memory. And mm-hmm. that's why her slave owner, and I should say ex-slave owner, because um, her slave owner saw how smart she was, and her slave owner had gone to a Quaker college, and she became an abolitionist. So she decided to use Mary Elizabeth Bowser to spy on the Confederate White House, and that's how they got information to the North, because Mary Elizabeth Bowser would memorize a lot of the different things that were being discussed, the maps, the strategies and all at the dinner table of Thomas Jefferson, and she would give Mm -hmm. that information to her ex-slave owner, Elizabeth Van Lid. Okay. So now I'm I'm curious now. I'm dying to hear this reenactment of how you portrayed her. My name is Mary Elizabeth Bowser. I really don't know what year I was born. As you know, slaves did not know what year they were born, but they figure about 1839. I was working on the Van Lu plantation as a little girl, and it was so many different duties that I had as a little girl slave, and one duty I had was to take care of one of the residents' little boys. And I would have to take him to the little old schoolhouse for the white kids because there was no school for the black kids. So I would stand outside and listen to the lessons. But being that we were thought not to have brains, they didn't know I was actually learning the same thing that the white kids were learning, but I had to keep it to myself. Because in those days, if they knew that you knew how to read, you can die, you can lose your fingers, you can get your tongue cut off, so I just kept it to myself. But my master, Elizabeth knew, sort of knew that I was a very intelligent woman because she kept watching me. She went away to school and came back. And then her father was dying, and so he decided that he would free all of his slaves. 
and that's when I went to the Quaker School for Negroes in Pennsylvania, which is now Cheney State University. And when I decided to come back to that plantation, that's when Elizabeth Van Lu, my ex-slave owner, and I decided to spy on the Confederate Army. And that's how we kept giving information to the North, and that's how they won the war. And I go, I really go deeper into it now when I'm acting it out. Bravo. Good for you for not only that rendition, but for wanting to do something that revolved around history, that gave back and taught others about history. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's really about 15 or 20 minutes long, and I dress up and everything. <laughs> so uh-huh. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her. And then I went on a trip with uh, um, Genesis, um, the African Genesis organization, because I was getting ready to go to Egypt, but it got so bad over there, I decided not to go. But they took us to Richmond, Virginia, which is where Elizabeth Van Luke, I mean, Elizabeth, uh, Mary Elizabeth Bowser is from. And mm-hmm. we did oblations for our ancestors, and we had to call out our ancestors' names, and she was the one that I called out. And my father, because he's from Virginia also, but it was like she wouldn't let me sleep. And mm-hmm. she wouldn't let me sleep, and that's when I started building a story around her life. And now there's a novel out. Some, some white lady wrote a novel about her. So people are starting to get to know her because the military – um, honored her for being a hero for that war in uh, 1997. Mm. But her family wow. knew way a lot of things about her because back then she was considered a spy. So they were afraid that they were going to retaliate against the family. And so the current family is like they didn't know how important that was to remember. So people just build stories around her according to what was happening back then. Mm-hmm. And, and is there a website where people can go to get information on the work that you're doing regarding her? No, it isn't. <laughs> and, and people do tell me that I should do that, but I never did. But that's okay. a thought. I, you know, it's, that's a thought. That's a thought. I, I have to think well, about that. Or even maybe a YouTube clip. Well, you know what? If YouTube comes up here, I'm a YouTube person, and I'm also in another business right now, so you know, they're trying to motivate us to get used to YouTube and different social networks to put out what we do and different things like that. So since you're about the second or third person that said that, I'm going to have to look into that. Please do. I think sometimes what gives people within arm's reach of this history is being able to go online or Google it. And, you know, the internet Mm -hmm. is so funny is that sometimes when you don't even type in uh, the name of someone, Mary Bowser, but you type in, you know, Cheney University history or females history, Cheney University. Uh-huh. Well, if you're Googling Cheney University, and this may pop up somehow. Uh, and so, you know, the mm-hmm. internet is not, it, it, it's so miraculous that you don't even have to be searching specifically for something, but you stumble upon that's it because of the search engine. Yeah, picking that's how up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. so, you know, the same way you found about her, other people can learn more about her and find the work that you're doing about her if it was somehow searchable on the Internet. Right, you're right. And um, one yeah. of my friends came to a church, well, she was at the church event, and she didn't know I was going to be there, and she taped me doing my performance. Yeah, that's about yeah, about 15 minutes long. I need to put that on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I, I thank you for your time. Now I want you to pass the phone over to Donna Young. Okay, and thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Hold on. 
Hi, this is Donna Young. Donna Young, I am told that you are the organizer. That's your nickname. One of the organizers for the Still Family Historical Committee Incorporated for our family reunion, the Still Family? Yes. Yes, and, and tell us how you got involved with the project. Well, my mother is Still. She's a part of the Still Family, and her name is May Still Young. And her cousin, Alfred Fisher, who is the co-chairman of the Still Family Historical Committee Incorporated, he and along with Malcolm Still are the co-chairmen, or I should say co-chairpersons. And one day we were at church at Mount Pisgah for one of the um, uh, services they were having there. And I met Cousin Al at that time, and he asked me if I would be interested in becoming a part of the Still Family Historical Committee. And I said I would, and I started attending the meetings. And the rest is Mm -hmm. history. Mm -hmm. And as you guys gear up towards the 150th anniversary, which I'm sure will be a big hit, have you guys started to plan mm-hmm. about what things you would like to do to, to memorialize that historic year? Not really. Um, we have some ideas and some thoughts. Uh, we haven't really um, put them out on paper as of yet, but we want it to be a really big celebration. Um, we'd like to we could have a play done about the Still family and put that on here at the reunion. That would be a, um, something that we would love to do, I think. Mm-hmm. I was talking to some of the other people that I was interviewing today, and I, and I asked them a, 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 you know, one question that I thought kind of created the tone for an event like this today. With the, the mixture of um, ethnicities and ages that I see represented here at this family reunion, do you think collectively people really understand the history of the Still family and what you guys are trying to do to pass that down. Uh, I mean, it's great that, you know, everyone's come together and there are a lot of people here, um, and you know, and the food is delicious. I had some of it. But do you really think that they, they understand what the purpose is, um, you know, outside of all the other things going on here? I think a lot of them do. Um, we have a lot, as you said, adults who are in the, in the uh, midst of this reunion today, and they – a lot of them, of course, know the history, and that's why we felt as though it was very important to get our teenagers and our young people involved so that they know the history so that they can pass it on and it doesn't stop here. And it's really important, so we wanted to have, um, that's why we had Mr. Keith Henley portraying Dr. Jane Still and sharing the history with the young people so that they know, and then we wanted him to ask questions to make sure they were listening so they could repeat and understand and keep and you know take that on with them as well once they leave here and to become more interested in their history because they're the, they're the future so if they don't know mm-hmm. the history the history stops here so right. they need to know and and remember and keep it going absolutely now i'm wearing a t-shirt that says from a guinea prince of course guinea west africa um, here to now New Jersey. Do you know the history of that Guinea person, how, how he came over? No, just that he was one of the many um, slaves that was brought over across the seas and, um, w- you know, worked for um, those people who it had in- enslaved him, so to speak. I don't know a whole lot about him other than that. Mm-hmm. 
And I was and I was told, and I was doing some research that uh, when the family now known as the Steels originally came over, that they took the name from an existing family who had the Steel name. Is that true? That I'm not sure about. I'm really okay. not sure about that. No, it's fine. Um, okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. No, you can finish the statement. All right, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you to pass the microphone over um, uh, to okay. the other reenactor. Mr. Henley. Keith Henley. Mr. Henley. Hello. Hi, Mr. Keith Henley. Hi, how are you? Excellent. How did you come to be a reenactor for the Stowe family? Did you just get picked out of a lineup? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I know Donna. I've been knowing Donna for years, and uh, she's been asking me to come to the reunion for um, for a couple of years now. But unfortunately, every time she asks me, I've always been busy. And then um, it just so happens that my reunion, my family's reunion, is on the uh, the second Sunday in August. But we meet every other year, whereas you guys meet every year. So this is my year off. So I was going, like, oh, let me see if she needs needs my help, and. Uh, we were able to hook up. So it's one step removed from a lineup. I beg your pardon? So it's just one step removed from a lineup. Yes, just one step. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and who exactly are you reenacting? I am Dr. Jane Steele. And, and who is Dr. Jane Steele for those who don't know? Well, Dr. James Still is the uh, – he's actually known as the Dr. Pine Barrens, uh, and he's actually the founder of the Still Family Reunion. Uh, the reunion actually started in 1870 in his home with um, whatever brothers with the brothers and sisters and families that were uh, available or still living in, in the area of uh, New Jersey – and they all came over to his house, and he, they broke a bottle of wine, and they sat down, and they talked about the good old days and um, talked about mom and dad. And, and they, afterwards, they decided that they would meet every year to, um, to you know, just keep the family history going and to tell the stories of the family and, and just meet. And, uh, and that's basically how the reunion started. And that's basically why, uh, I guess, why Donna asked me here, because this, they were focusing on uh, Dr. Still's life this year. Mm-hmm. Now, I was uh, listening to your questionnaire, if you will, trying to engage the audience in some of the history. Assuming that um, our audience is not able to participate in that um, uh, skit, uh, there were three questions that you asked. Can you go through those questions and give us the answers for our listeners? Yes. The uh, what year was the reunion started at Dr. Still's house, and the year was 1870. Uh, the next question was, what were the parents? What was um, Dr. Still's parents' name? And that would be Levin and Charity Still, or Sydney Still. And then the last question was, name one of the siblings, and that could have been um, Mary, Kitty. Uh, Jane, uh, William, Peter, Levin, uh, oh, Lord Jesus. I got to go to the other 17, but that any any of the siblings that you could think of. Uh, and you that can't would forget be the, the siblings. Answer. You're Dr. James Steele. 
Well, listen, I know me to get my mind. It's been a long time. Now. I got to sit there and try to remember. You see, here was at dinner time, try to remember everybody's name. And everybody's name, yeah. we, we shortened the names. <laughs> now, uh, oh, in, in terms of the reenactment that you do, um, is, is there anything in particular? Do you actually go through a get like you know I am Dr. James Still, Do you actually go through something, or are you just sort of representative of him in, in, in sort of like modern day form? No, I actually uh, do a lot of research. Uh, I, I I study the family. I try to. I sit down and I talk to various members of the family to get a lot of background knowledge, and then I will spend a lot of time in research as far as whatever. Uh, literary um, uh, sources are available, and I will read them. And then I will pick out various stories out of those resources and use them in my presentation. I don't, I don't have a one script that I always tell because I, you never know what type of, the, what type of situation you're going to be in. Uh, and I want to make sure that I'm versed with the family's history. So that particular person, I make sure that I am well-versed in that particular person's entire family history. So, um, and because then again, you never know who's going to walk up to you and ask you a question. And if I'm portraying, if I'm, uh, portraying a particular person, I want to make sure I know the history of the family and I have an answer pertaining to that particular person that I'm portraying at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I can uh, ask for your help with something. I have spoken to a few people now, members of the Still family, and, uh, you know, some of them are historians. They they know a lot about the history, but it has not been electronically documented. Uh, you can't go mm-hmm. on a website or you cannot go on YouTube and, and find people talking about the history or people doing reenactment. There was another lady who did a reenactment skit for me over the phone. Um, I want to encourage you, if at all possible, um, uh, you know, as someone who's done interviews of the family, if it is at all possible to kind of centralize it either on a website or even maybe easier on a YouTube page where you can post these videos of these interviews. Because I think it's so important for someone like me, who before Leslie Gist of the Gist of Freedom, I did not know about the Still family. I did watch 12 Years of Slave. I'm, I heard them mention the name, didn't think of it in terms of any you know, significance. Uh, and when you go online and you do some research, not only would it be great to see that information on like a centralized website, but to hear from descendants who are talking about the history, who want to pass that knowledge on. Um, you know, I used to work in television, and you know, for a television producer who wanted to find information about a, a descendant or something, they would just go to YouTube or, or the internet and do some searches. And if that information was there, it would be much easier for them to to reach out um, and, and get people to contact about the family. So. I'm encouraging you, if at all possible, to, you know, when you do these interviews, if you can, document them maybe with a video camera and then post them to the web so people can have access to them. Okay. That's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. So I will this, do that. This is, my little, this is my little tidbit. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right. Yeah, okay. thank you so much. All right. So I'm happy to have spoken with you. I appreciate your time. All right. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Thank you. All right, so this is Roy Paul with the Gist of Freedom Block Talk Radio Show. You're just listening to several members of the Still family, including other members who are doing things like reenactment and other things to try to promote the family history um, of the Still legacy. You can 
access this podcast, and we will be surely uh, to upload more information about links or email addresses that you might have heard throughout the duration of this. Um, this entire program is being sponsored by Audible.com. Uh, they are one of the leading audiobook uh, companies in the country. You can learn more about them the way that you're listening to our podcast right now. And if you go to www.blackhistoryaudiobooks.com, you can get a 30-day free trial of the program, um, their program, that is, that is www.blackhistoryaudiobooks.com. Again, just the Freedom Audio Radio Book Show. I'm Roy Paul. Thank you, and God bless. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.